Hey, I'm John Rockwell. Welcome to Finfluent, the podcast where you'll learn the basics of personal finance and managing your wealth. On this episode, I want to talk to you about budgeting. And budgeting can be really tough for a lot of people. If you, you've probably heard of budgeting, you've probably created your own budget, you've probably been frustrated by a budget. Whether it's a personal budget or at work, um, you, you've been exposed to budgeting somewhere along the way. Um, and it's you know typically not a fun topic, but it's an important topic. When I think about budgeting, there are three high-level themes that I think of. The first is visibility into income and expenses. The second is creating a plan. And then the third is keeping yourself honest. And I don't think it's any more complicated than that. You have to have visibility into your income and you have to have visibility into your expenses. If you don't know what comes in and if you don't know what goes out, you can't possibly create a budget for yourself. It's as simple as that. And then if you're going to create a budget for yourself, you need to be responsible about it and you need to come up with a plan that you think you can adhere to. And then third, you have to keep yourself honest to that plan. The worst feeling is when you've put all this time into figuring out how much money you make, how much money you spend, creating that plan, trying to hold yourself to that plan, but just not hitting it and you know allowing yourself to cheat in spots and just frustrating yourself. There's nothing worse than that. Trust me, I've been there before. But let's dive deeper into visibility. I use personal capital. It's an app that you can download or a, a website that you can use on your computer. I'm you know, a huge fan of personal capital. I've mentioned it before, but they basically take all your different accounts. They put it into one spot. And it's just a really easy way to uh, see what comes in, what goes out. Um, it's the one I use. But there's a lot that are out there. You've probably heard Mint. You've probably seen advertisements for them before. Google has their own budgeting app that you can download. Um, and then, you know, there's plenty. Just go into the App Store, go into, um, you know, the Google Play Store, and just look for a finance budgeting app. You can do your research and find your best one. But the best one I use is uh, Personal Capital. Um, I really like it because it's clean, it's consolidated, uh, it's not overbearing to use, and um, it's just really, really easy for me to use. So that's the one that I've come to like over the years. I'm not here to rate apps, so if you've got your own budgeting app that you like, go ahead and use that. I'm also not paid by personal capital. I just really like using the app. The biggest things you need to understand when it comes to visibility and creating a budget are your historical monthly spend, your projected annual and monthly income, and then how much you want to save for retirement, safety nets, and to pay off debt. And those last three are huge chunks, right? Retirement, safety net, pay off debt. If you're creating a budget, you're probably creating it for one of these one of these reasons. You can't get out of the debt that you owe. You can't quite save enough in the safety net to pay for something um, that's unforeseen that may come along. And probably the best of the three scenarios is you can't quite save for retirement, but it's not enough. You got to get out of your debt. You've got to hold a safety net to pay for things that are unforeseen, and you absolutely have to save for retirement as well. If your historical monthly spend is higher than or equal to your monthly income, then we're going to target spending in the next section. There's not much you can do from a saving front if you don't have enough income in order to pay for your expenses. You're going to continue to find yourself in debt, and it's going to be a really tough spot to be in, but there are ways to get yourself out, and I'm going to talk through strategies there. If your historical monthly spend is less than the monthly income, then you're in a good spot, but you could be in a great spot. And that's why it's still important to budget because you need to save for things like a safety net or retirement, or you want to save because you want to invest in stocks and that's why you're listening. 
So now that you have the visibility into what comes in and what goes out, you've got to create a plan. And this is where you're going to focus on cutting down on spending if spending is an issue, if you spend more than you have coming in. You've probably heard of a 50-30-20 uh, rule out there. If you've done some budgeting, Googling before, you've probably seen this, um, where you spend 50% on needs like rent or food, etc. Um, you spend 30% on wants like Netflix or coffee. And then the last 20% is saved. So that's a common strategy out there. It's called the 50-30-20 rule. Um, I think this method is great, but too complicated. And it's also top down. It's kind of like a pyramid, right? Um, you're starting at the income at the very top of the pyramid, and then you're whittling it down into you know 50% here, 30% here, 20% here, all the way down into the details at the base where you're spending you know this tiny percentage on Netflix and you're spending this tiny percentage on this. I just think it's too complicated. I think when people are creating budgets, um, you know, they typically get frustrated when they create budgets. So making things too complicated is, you know, prevents people from creating a budget that they can adhere to and, and, and keeps them from making progress, to be honest. I'm an advocate of the bottom up approach. So instead of starting at the top and then slicing it into chunks and whittling your way all the way down, I like to start with the base. And there's no better way to start at the base than to start with things that you need. The biggest need is rent. So when it comes to rent, I say that you can't spend any more than 30% of your gross income on rent. And if you think that's tough, I'm actually being pretty generous. So in the US, the typical person makes $63,000 a year in gross income. And maybe you make slightly less than that, but for this example, let's say you make 63,000. Well, 30% of that is $1,500 per month. Okay, so $1,500 per month to spend on rent. I don't know if you pay that today or if you don't, um, but that's a lot of money considering that the average monthly rent in the United States is $1,200. So I'm actually giving you 300 bucks extra to go spend on rent. But that's not the point here. Really what I'm trying to say is cap yourself at 30%. You really shouldn't be paying more than that. If you, you know, maybe you're in a position where it's just too tough and this isn't the place to save money. But if you're new, you're out of college, you're trying to figure out, hey, what apartment can I afford? Do not go higher than 30%. And I even think 30% is too high. Um, you don't need to be spending money on apartments. Uh, it's literally money that you're spending. It doesn't go into uh, owning a house or anything like that. You're putting money into the apartment and you never see it again. You're paying for something. Um, I just don't think this, this is the right place to spend your money. Everybody wants these swanky apartments when they come out of college. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, plus, if you're like me, you're probably going to move almost every single year after college. So it really just doesn't make sense to put it into um, an apartment. You, If you're going to spend money at all, you should be putting it into a house that eventually you can own. And, and, and hopefully that house even grows. Um, and you can sell it one day for more than you bought it. The next place that you absolutely need to spend money is food. Right? You've got shelter and you have food. Um, and I don't have a percentage for this, but what I do have are some recommendations to cut down the expenses. Um, and you're probably going to roll your eyes when you hear some of these, uh, or you're going to say, oh, I just can't do that. It's too tough. Um, or you'll give it a shot and you'll stop after about a month. But to me, if you can make it a month through doing these things, then I think you'll continue with the trend and you'll be able to do it you know, forever if you want to. But give it a shot because it's the best way. So the first thing you can do is pack a lunch and make a dinner. So you got to cut down on takeout. If you use personal capital, you can go rack up 
all the restaurant costs that you've spent. You can look at every single bill and they'll tell you exactly how much you've paid on restaurants. There is so much money that we spend every single day, um, especially if you're a busy working person. You just don't pack a lunch and uh, maybe you get home late and you're like, uh, you know, I, I don't have time to cook. I'm just going to, you know, order food. I'll pick it up. It's crazy. I, I didn't even notice this until I started to look at how much money I spent here. But you spend so much money if you go out for lunch every single day and if you go out for dinner every every night or, you know, multiple times a, a week. It's so much money. So I recommend don't go out to dinner um, more than once, maybe twice a week. Um, I think it's important to go out for dinner, um, you know, to enjoy time with friends or maybe you want to go out on a date um, or, you know, you've been cooking all week and you just need that one night a week to take a break. Totally think that's fine, but this could be a place where you're spending too much money, pack a lunch and make your own dinner. The next one is the morning, right? So I attacked lunch and I attacked dinner. Well, how about breakfast? Well, an essential part of breakfast is coffee. And if you're like me, you love Starbucks, you love going to the local coffee shop on your way to work, don't do it. Go spend the money on a coffee maker. Um, bring, go, go buy a coffee maker and buy a really nice mug as well while you're at it. Because the money that you spend on that will pay off very quickly if you just start making your own coffee instead of going to that coffee shop down the street and buying, you know, three or $4 cup of coffee every morning. Maybe you're buying multiple cups of coffee every single day. It's these small expenses similar to the lunch and dinner. Lunch and dinner is slightly bigger, but these small expenses on coffee every single day continually chip away at your wallet. So don't go out and buy coffee. Again, if it's something that you do every single day already, go ahead and do it, scale it back a little bit um, and do it once a week. But if you can make your own coffee, bring it into work, this is the best way to, uh, to save some money in the morning because just so many people go out and buy coffee. I know when I came out of college, it was too easy to spend money on food, hanging out with friends. Um, maybe you're going out, um, you're at restaurants, you're at bars, you're at things like that. And you're just, it's too hard to not spend money. But trust me, you have to resist this as much as you can. Focus on buying groceries, focus on buying drinks, things like that, keeping them at your apartment or your house um, and, you know, not having to buy them out at a restaurant for dinner or buying drinks at a restaurant. Um, you just got to resist as much as you can. I know it's really, really tough, but you'll save yourself a lot of money if you can start to do this. Like I said, it's really easy to use personal capital to see how much you're spending in these areas. You can use Mint as well. Um, you can go, you can use any budgeting app. Like I've said, they will all tell you exactly how much you've spent at restaurants. They'll maybe even tell you exactly how much you've spent at Starbucks. And as much as I like going out, supporting restaurants and buying Starbucks and doing all these things, um, it's social, I get it. Um, but you got to scale back here if this is somewhere that you spend a lot of money. So we've talked about the needs or the essentials. We've talked about shelter and food, right? Um, Another thing that could be hitting your expenses, hitting your budget, uh, and unfortunately for some people is, you know, always going to be there, you know, like a pain in the side of your neck, uh, is paying off debt. And this deserves an episode on its own. Debt can be really, really tough for people to pull themselves out of. Um, so I'm sure I'll put another episode out there. But I want to put this in here, being a part of your budget, you have to think about debt and you've got to bring it down. You need to attack your debt. You can't ignore it. It's going to just overwhelm you. So if today's the day that you pull yourself up and start going after your debt, um, then so be it. You got to do it. 
the best way to pay off your debt is to attack high interest uh, credit card debt, things like that first, followed by lower interest debt, like student loans, things like that. This is the best way as the math works and as the money goes to pay, to save yourself in the long run from paying, you know, a lot in interest. Um, a lot of people say, you know, attack the low interest ones first because, you know, maybe you don't owe as much there and it feels good to pay off, you know, one chunk of debt first, but and you know, kind of spirals or snowballs into some momentum to uh, help you pay off even more. I think if that works for you, great. Um, but that's just not how the math works. The math works, uh, you pay more money on a high interest, you know, loan than you would on something else. So, uh, attack that first. But like I said, I'm going to create another episode on this, but you've got to build it into your budget because it has to be part of your plan. The next is saving for an emergency fund. Um, and if you don't know what an emergency fund is, it's three to six months of expenses that you can incur, um, you know, if you were to lose your job. So that's typically the scenario that people go through is you've got to create a buffer. You've got to have some cash that would hold you and keep you afloat for three to six months of expenses in case you were to lose your job or if a loved one got sick and you needed to um, pay for some expenses there or maybe you had to leave your job because you need to help out your loved one. Um, that's what I mean by an emergency fund. It's three to six months worth of expenses is the range that I typically focus on. Um, the lower end or the three month end, um, you'll typically find yourself in if you need to pay off some debt um, or if you just can't quite get yourself up to the six months. Um, but you should try to strive to be at six months and you should be on the higher end if you don't need to pay off any debt. There's just no doubt about that. So you gotta pay off your debt first, then you gotta build an emergency fund um, you know, some people say that you need an emergency emergency fund regardless, and I'll let you kind of balance between should I pay off my debt or should I pay off my emergency fund. The downside of not having an emergency fund is if you do lose your job, you have no buffer, and then you, you know, go right back into having debt. Maybe you, um, you know, you spend too much on credit cards, etc. So emergency funds and debt can be kind of a vicious cycle you've got to really sit down and think about, does it make sense for me to pay off my debt first or to build up my emergency buffer? I'll leave that up to you. I think the best is to pay off your debt first and then to focus on an emergency fund. If you have no debt and if you've gotten up to six months worth of your safety net in your emergency fund, the next thing to start thinking about is saving for retirement. And if you listen to the retirement episode, um, you, it was one of my favorite episodes, like I said, um, you can learn all about the different accounts that you can invest in, but you should target to put as much as you can here without keeping yourself from having fun every once in a while. This is where, you know, you've got to understand, you have to be responsible. You have to think about how much money can I save today so that when I'm older, I can have just as much fun, if not more, right? When you're in retirement, you shouldn't have to be worried about just getting by and you should be saving today. And I'm all about saving for retirement. I actually think it's really rewarding if you can max out your retirement accounts. Uh, it just feels great. I get that not everybody's in that position, but go ahead and you know listen to that episode. So that's part of creating a plan. You've gotta understand how much money you can spend on necessities like shelter and food. You've gotta know where you can cut back on spending on food like coffee or buying lunch or buying dinner, things like that. And then the big three, like I said, you have to pay off your debt. You got to get out of that first. Then next, you have to uh, save enough in your emergency fund, target six months worth of monthly expenses to get yourself that cash buffer. And then third, you got to save for retirement. You have to do it. 
you don't need to max retirement out, but you need to be you know, focused on how much to save for retirement um, and where to put it. If you're budgeting for more than just yourself, ensure your plan is re realistic. Um, if you've got a partner, maybe you're married, um, you can't just be making that budget on your own. You have to be sitting with them. You have to be saying, hey, this is how much money we make. This is how much money we spend. You know, we need to cut back on spending here. Um, I want to save more for retirement. I want to put more in our emergency fund um, to give ourselves that insurance. But you can't go in it on your own and be blind. You have to do it with the other person that you're with. If you're in a family um, or you're married, you just have to get everybody in agreement. So you have the visibility into the accounts. You've got your plan that you've created based on necessities and and some fun stuff uh, like retirement that you can save for and put money away. Um, now is semi-annual checks on progress. So I do this at the end of the year or at the beginning of a year, um, right around like the end of December, beginning of January timeframe, because it's a reset. It's the beginning of the year. You can grade how you did last year and you can create a plan for the new year, knowing how much you're going to make and how much you're allowed to spend. And then the second time I do it is I do it in the middle of the year. So typically towards the middle of June, I'll go in and I'll check you know, my plan and I'll say, okay, well, how much did I say I was going to have saved by middle of June? Um, how much money did I think I was going to spend by mid-June? And just where am I? Have I paid off any significant debt? Have I saved more for my emergency fund? Have I saved for my retirement? And just kind of gauge where you are with these things to see if you're, um, you know, on track or off track. I know this can be, you know, checking your plan can be a really, really frustrating thing. And if you're not to where you think you were supposed to be, it's okay to get frustrated, but don't give up. You've got to understand why you didn't hit your goal. Maybe you didn't make as much money as you thought you were going to. Maybe your expenses were a little bit higher than you thought they should be. But you have to use the tools. You have to get the visibility to see where you fell off the tracks and just pull yourself back up. Listen, you're doing better than everybody already. If you get to the point where you've downloaded an app, you have the visibility, you've created a budget, and now you're checking yourself to the budget, but maybe you're just not quite to where you need to be, you're still better off than the majority of the people out there. So keep yourself going. Don't get uh, intimidated by that if you're not quite to where you want to be. Um, and just keep going. You can always adjust mid-year. Maybe the plan you made wasn't realistic and you need to kind of fact check yourself because you were too aggressive at the beginning of the year. If you're on track in the mid-year, you've evaluated yourself to your plan and you're doing well, uh, maybe you're even you know exceeding the plan that you created, always push yourself to do better. Maybe you only had three months in your emergency buffer, go ahead and go for four or go for five or try to max it out at six. Maybe you're not quite maxed out in your retirement accounts. Maybe you're not even halfway to putting as much money as you could into your retirement accounts. Consider putting a little bit more. If you're ahead of schedule and you think nothing drastic is going to change for the rest of the year, continue to push yourself and try to improve your financial situation wherever you can. This is a great position to be in. Congratulations, because you've done well, you've adhered to your plan, um, and now you can do even better. So you should be you know, really motivated um, and look forward to you know, expanding on your budget wherever you can. The last couple of key tips that I have when you're creating a budget. Um, and I know these are really tough to adhere to, but don't compare yourself to others. Everyone is in a different situation. Everybody's going to have some different level of debt. Some people are not, maybe their parents paid for their um, education 
um, their college education. Maybe some people don't struggle with credit card debt. Um, maybe some people don't even have credit cards, right? Um, don't compare yourself to other people. Everybody's in a different situation. It just doesn't make sense. Um, I think it's healthy to talk about how people might be um, you know, saving for themselves or where they've found ways to cut back and things like that. But especially when it comes to income, it's just never worth talking about. And when it comes to your personal financial situation and your budget, I just don't think it's a good thing to talk to others about it um, because it can spiral to just kind of a negative place. So, you know, keep yourself from um, just talking to others and trying to compare yourself to others. The second is don't beat yourself up. I know I've, you know, said this before, but you're already doing better than everybody else. Um, you've downloaded the app to get the visibility. You've created your budget. Um, don't beat yourself up if you're not quite reaching your goals. Um, your goals are meant to push you a little bit, right? They should be obtainable, but that um, they shouldn't be unreasonable. They should be, you know, just within reach. So if you're not quite to your goals, that's okay. Just go ahead and reevaluate, see how you can get to them. Maybe you even need to adjust or tweak your plan a little bit, do it where it makes sense. Um, but don't get frustrated with yourself. It's uh, You're doing better than everybody else already. The third is use cash um, if you're having a particularly hard time. You've probably heard people say this before, but um, credit cards can be a dangerous game. So if you are having a hard time cutting back on spending, go ahead and switch to cash and get rid of your credit card. It is a very easy way to see what's going out. Um, you'll find yourself going to an ATM very frequently to pull cash out. Um, you'll find yourself, you know, collecting change and using that change, which is a very odd feeling if you're uh, stuck to a credit card. A lot of people use this strategy. It's not necessarily one that I'm saying you have to use, but if you're having a tough time, uh, it can be a good one for you is to use cash instead of a credit card because a lot of people just spiral out of control and it's too easy to swipe the plastic with a credit card. So that's my take on budgeting. It's all about having the visibility into what comes in, what goes out. It's all about creating a plan that you can adhere to that's obtainable and reasonable for you. Don't get frustrated if you, you know, aren't hitting your goals. And then last but not least, keep yourself honest. Check yourself twice a year. Um, see how you're doing to the plan. The worst thing you can do is not create a plan um, or create a plan that is totally unreasonable. So keep yourself honest. Um, you know, put a goal out there that you think you can obtain that might be just slightly out of reach. It's meant to push you in a direction to save yourself some money. Um, and that's that's budgeting. I think if you download the app and, and you do these things, you'll find yourself in a really good position to take a hold of um, you know, your income and your expenses and, and really make a difference in, in your savings and put yourself in a better spot. All opinions stated on this podcast are purely that. You should not treat any opinion expressed by myself as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of my opinion. My opinions are based upon information I consider to be reliable, but I always suggest and recommend you to perform individual research. I'm not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided on this podcast, and my statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. I do not guarantee any specific outcome or profit. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed on this podcast. Strategies or investments discussed may fluctuate in price or value. Investors may get back less than invested. Investments or strategies mentioned on this podcast may not be suitable for you. 
This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies men- mentioned on this podcast. Before acting on any information on this podcast, you should consider whether it is suitable for you, your particular circumstances, and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor.